The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welger. You are listening to episode 167 of the podcast. Are you joining us live here on YouTube? Today is Sunday, November 17th, and we are just one day removed from UFC Fight Night in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Pretty dry card. Before we get into that, let me introduce nobody because <laughs> I am solo this week. Jeff the Animal Wilson went and got himself a sinus infection, um, but he, he does send his regards to the audience. So uh, I'll be seeing Jeff in a couple of days. I am on leg number one of my road trip from Safety Harbor, Florida to New York. I am currently in Brunswick, Georgia at an Airbnb. I'm sitting in a closet right now. So I don't know how this is going to affect the audio, but it's kind of cool. There's a there's a second bedroom in this Airbnb and um it's got a it's got a closet with some shelves that are kind of set up like a desk. So I'll I'll share on my Instagram story so you guys can actually see what I'm talking about at MMA on the rocks. Uh so this is leg 1. Uh, did about 200 miles today uh, with the baby and you know car full of stuff on my way to New York my little sister's getting married on Friday so it's an exciting time for the family Jeff the Animal Wilson will be there uh, I, I don't know what the podcast is going to look like over the next couple of weeks whether we'll be able to do episodes in person or not uh, so just bear with us I guess we're going to play it by ear in any case, pretty cool little Airbnb I'm staying in. It's got like a very nautical type theme. So a lot of like boat parts and, um, you know, things are kind of like fastened together with with different knots and, and like boat ties and things like that. And it's got a cool little fire pit outside. So again, I'll, I'll share some more pictures on my Instagram story if you guys want to follow along for the road trip. Uh, my wife always picks out some really awesome Airbnbs. She's really good at that. Although sometimes she puts us in places where, um, you know, our lives are in danger because <laughs> she looks for like cool off the beaten path type spots. And uh, she she grew up a little differently than I did. So whereas she will say, this is a cool little spot. I will say, this is it. This is where this is where our life ends. And here, making her debut on the podcast is my daughter, Ariana, who just wandered into the room after her bath. Can you say hi to everybody? Can you say hello? For those of you not watching on YouTube, this is not entertaining at all. Can you say hello, honey? Hello. Hello. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about MMA. Okay. We're talking about fighting. Is that okay with you? We're not talking about baby shark. Okay. You have a boo-boo? 
Well, I know some guys who fought last night in Sao Paulo who have some boo-boos too, and Daddy's got to talk about that, okay? You want to go to bed with Mommy now? All right, bye-bye. Passing her off here. So, like I was saying, uh, my wife likes to pick these off-the-beaten-path type of places, and, and they're usually really cool, but, you know, sometimes we're in areas where I feel like I might die. Uh, in any case... Sorry for that little interruption, folks. Let's get into some MMA here. So the main event of this card, Jan Blachowicz, light heavyweight, Polish knockout artist, submission artist, really well-rounded fighter, and seems to be the killer of guys moving up from middleweight to fight at light heavyweight. So his latest victim was Jacare. This was a split decision. Uh... It was a close fight. Not a lot happened. You know, it was a lot of Jacare pushing Yan up against the cage, trying to get him to the ground, uh, and he was very seldom successful with that. Uh, very dry fight. But, you know, it, it's two guys who are really skilled, two guys with a lot of knockout power, and they were both aware of it. So neither one of them really wanted to push the action here. Uh, which doesn't do a lot for the fans. It's kind of a bummer that this one had to be five rounds. But Jan Blachowicz, um, uh, you guys know I always like to take the positive out of things. So I don't want to just sit here and tell you this whole card sucked and the main event sucked and everything like that. So uh, I'm going to give you the positives out of this one. Jan Blachowicz really displayed his toughness in this fight because he clearly had a broken foot after the second or third round and he picked up the pace as this fight went on i mean it, granted it was a very slow pace but the fact that he was still able to pressure jacare and his foot was broken and everything like that and then when bisbang interviewed him at the end of the fight and he said hey yeah and what about what about your foot here uh, you know, most guys would be like, oh, yeah, I broke it in the second round and it changed my game plan. Jan Blachowicz was like, no, nah, my feet always look like this. And he just played it off like nothing happened, like nothing was wrong. And that's a badass move. I love that response um, because he could have easily said, you know, I couldn't push for the finish because, you know, I broke my foot and it really changed my game plan. I really wanted to uh, – to put a little more on my strikes, but I had this broken foot. He was like, no, it's always like this. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and totally played it off. And I thought that was that was the ultimate badass move from Jan Blachowicz. Uh, if you're Jacare, man, I, I don't know. He's going to be 40 years old in a couple of weeks. He's been at this a long time. I remember when Jacare first came over to MMA, and there were a lot of people panicking. It was like... I always remember this one story uh, of like, uh, you know, guys from the Rolling Stones and Eric Clapton and stuff. They went to go see uh, Jimi Hendrix play guitar live for the first time. And they were all standing in the audience and they were like, oh, no, what, what are we going to do? There's no way, you know, we could ever keep up with this guy. Uh, and that was kind of what a lot of MMA fighters were feeling when Jacare came over to MMA because he was such a phenom in the world of jiu-jitsu and his jiu-jitsu was so aggressive and for a long time people were so panicked about his jiu-jitsu inside the cage that he was able to score some huge knockouts I mean we've seen we've seen him add a lot of tools a lot of uh, weapons to his toolbox recently you know he had that head kick knockout of, of Derek Bronson 
and uh, some other big knockouts at middleweight, and then things just stopped going his way for a little while. I guess people stopped being afraid of the jiu-jitsu and, and decided, like, oh, you know, we can hang with this guy, and, it, you know, I just started putting him, put it, putting it on him. The, the first one I really remember is uh, Robert Whitaker, you know, because Whitaker was in there with him, and, and Jacare had his back, and uh, Whitaker just stayed calm, and he was like, hey, this is MMA, it's not jiu-jitsu, and... Uh, you know, wound up getting the victory over him there. So if you're Jacare, man, uh, a couple of losses at middleweight, you move up 20 pounds to light heavyweight, and then you take a loss to Jan Blahovic, who's who's ra- ranked uh, number six in the division. I don't imagine he's going to move anywhere after this fight since Jacare wasn't ranked. I mean, he showed he's big enough for the division. I'll say that. Um, I don't think he would be, like, massively overpowered as a light heavyweight. But as far as making a title run, it's just not in the cards, man. Um, and, and I hate to be uh, saying negative things like that about a guy who's dedicated his life to something like this. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people that train with Jacare and and they say what, what a cool guy he is and, and how hard he works and, and how unbelievably talented he is, which is undeniable. But, um, man, it's it's looking like... It's looking like we're we're coming into the end for Jacare, who is a guy that uh, you know has struck fear into people for a long time because of his skill set. In any case, Jan Blahovic, uh, awesome win for him, but again, pretty dry fight. Um, another pretty dry fight, Shogun Hua, Paul Craig. Um, Paul Craig, you know, beat the shit out of Shogun in that first round. This was a, a majority draw. And at first I was like, wow, Shogun probably should have won that fight. But now that I'm thinking about it, I guess if the first round was a 10-8 for Paul Craig, because if you look at Shogun's face, he was battered pretty badly. And he was rocked a couple of times in that first round. He took a head kick, um, took some big punches to the face. And and credit to him because Shogun's been an MMA fighter for 437 years, I think. 437 438 somewhere in there uh the guy's 37 years old i feel like he's been 37 for the last 10 years (laughs) just because he's been at this so long i i mean i remember watching this guy in pride i mean granted he he started fighting when he was like 18 or 19 as a professional and was just murdering people over in japan i mean this guy was a spectacle to watch if you've never seen shogun's old fights and pride i probably say this every time this guy fights but if you've never seen those you have to go back and check them out the soccer kicks the foot stomps the knockouts um uh, this guy was unreal uh when he came over to the ufc i remember thinking like he's gonna kill everybody um but no he got submitted by forrest griffin ufc debut if i remember correctly uh in any case he, he avoided some submissions from paul craig on the ground uh you know paul craig showed some some improved striking here but then after that first round when he couldn't get shogun out of there uh he kind of checked out and he kind of let shogun put him on the ground a little bit just because he was looking for that submission game off his back um i know he's got slick submissions but you know shogun's a black belt too and he's been a black belt for a long time. Granted, he's like an old school top pressure black belt, but you know you let him get on top and put pressure on you, so that's what he's going to be good at. Uh, you know, I, I thought Shogun should have gotten the win here, 
but uh, it was a draw, so that's that. It was a draw. Uh, I had to say the most impressive performance of the night, Charles Oliveira with a knockout over Jared Gordon, which makes six finishes in a row for Oliveira. Um, it seems like this guy needs to take a step up in competition here after so many finishes in a row. Uh, he has the UFC record for the most submissions. I think he's got um, 20, 200. I don't know. It's a lot. It's like um, nobody's going to come close to that record for a long time probably. <laughs> in any case, um, he called out Conor McGregor, which was stupid um, because Oliveira doesn't even speak English, so... McGregor can't even have like a fun press conference with him. Uh, it's just not that fight's just not going to happen. Plus, it's a super dangerous fight for him because Oliveira is a submission artist, and you know we all know that Connor's weakness is his grappling, even though it's not as bad as everybody makes it out to be. But impressive victory for Oliveira, man. Here's another guy. People are so afraid of his jujitsu uh, that he's able to open up on his strikes so much. Uh, which makes him a dangerous matchup for someone like Khabib, you know, who relies so much on the wrestling. Um, you know, do you really want to take Charles Oliveira to the ground? And if you don't, do you really want to stand up with him? He, he really poses that kind of problem on the feet and on the ground. So, you know, what do you do with Charles, Charles Oliveira? Uh, he also called for a rematch with Paul Felder. I think that's a smarter call out. Because uh, that was his last loss that he'd be looking to avenge. He almost finished Paul Felder with a really um, tight Dars choke that Paul Felder almost rolled himself into deeper in that fight uh, and almost got submitted there. So, uh, you know, finishing Paul Felder is no easy task. And granted, he didn't do it, he came really fucking close. Uh,. The, probably one of the saddest fights on the card, Andre Muniz and uh, Antonio Arroyo. Uh, these guys seemed like they both kind of gassed after the first round. It was really back and forth. It was Arroyo striking versus Muniz's grappling, and it seemed like one or the other was going to prevail, and it turned out nothing prevailed. These guys did nothing for the second two rounds. Um, so that was that. Wellington Terman and uh, Marcus Perez. So Perez came out at the uh, weigh-ins dressed like the Joker. He was having a good time with it, and, and Terman thought it was pretty funny, I guess. Uh, Terman dominated this fight. Uh, after the first round, Perez had nothing left in the gas tank. Uh, he was barely conscious at the end of this fight, but uh, you know, kept throwing strikes regardless uh, somehow. So says something to the toughness of him. Uh, James Krause with a big knockout of Sergio Moraes. Um, it, it didn't look good for James Krause in the first round. You know, he, he wound up underneath Sergio Marais, uh, wound up sweeping him, which is no easy task. And then, uh, you know, came back, and, you know, after handily losing the first round, came back and just wore Marais down until he couldn't stand anymore and then knocked him out. So uh, James Krause looking good last night. Uh, I'm going to skip around a little bit. Francisco Trinaldo and Bobby Green. The pace that these two guys fought at was unreal. Um, I kind of thought Bobby Green may have edged this one out. You know, I thought he won rounds two and three, but it was really close. It was a really close fight. Um, so Trinaldo getting the win there, it may have been like a home field advantage type of thing, but maybe it wasn't. Uh, either way, 
I predicted last week that this would be the fight of the night. I think it was. I didn't look up the bonuses or anything. If it wasn't, it should have been. Uh, these guys definitely deserved it because the pace they fought at was ridiculous. You would think that um, they had sucked the oxygen out of the arena or something from the way a lot of these other fights were going because uh, everybody was just fighting at such a slow pace. But these two guys fucking brought it. Um, if they didn't get that bonus money, then then that's criminal. Um, Randy Brown with a submission victory over Warley Alves. Uh, Randy Brown looked good. Triangle choke in there. Uh, Douglas Silva de Andrade with the win over Hannon Barrow. And that's pretty much it from Sao Paulo. Um, so not a whole lot going on there. I'll tell you what's going on in my glass right now while I've been talking to you guys. I'm drinking some Old Forester Kentucky Straight Bourbon. This is the uh, the 86 proof, right? And I got to tell you guys, this has been one of my go-tos for a while now. Kind of like an eight, uh, everyday easy sipping bourbon. You pick up a bottle for like 20 bucks. You don't need ice. You don't need water. You don't need anything. It's smooth as hell. The 86 proof anyway. If you get the 100 proof, you might need a couple drops of water in there, maybe an ice cube or something. I also got a bottle of the, uh, so they have like special editions and each of them are benchmarked by a certain year, like the year prohibition ended, um, or the year pro or the year prohibition started, I think the 1920 edition year prohibition started. And, uh, you know, they, they try to replicate the recipes that they had back then. So I have a bottle of that in my car along with, uh, a case of various other liquors that I'm bringing up to New York for the festivities this week. Um, but yeah, Old Forester is just a reliable bourbon. You know when you get a bottle of Old Forester, whether it's one of the special releases or whether it's just the regular 86 proof or the regular 100 proof, you know it's going to be consistently good. Um, some of the higher end stuff, like they have the... Um, they have their birthday bourbons that are like really rare, really hard to find. Those are a little inconsistent. And I've heard that the Statesman blend, I've never had it, but they, they released it to uh, coincide with the Kingsman movie that came out a couple of years ago. And that one I heard can be hit or miss as well. But with the regular line stuff and their, uh, and their uh, kind of flagship special releases, they eat the 1920, the 1910, and you'll see the years like stamped on them and then they each have a little bit of story as to, you know, how the flavor profile differs from from the regular line and why they're highlighting that particular year or, or whatever it is. They have their original recipe, too. That's like 18 something is the year um, they've been doing this a long time and they're good at it. Uh, so. This is a, I'll hold up the bottle because some of you guys like me to do that too. So this is just the regular Old Forester 86 proof that I got here. So again, you, you don't need anything in this. You don't need ice. You don't need any of that. Um, I'm not a big fan of putting mixers in bourbon either. No soda, no, no nonsense like that. Um, so yeah, we don't have any MMA going on for the next couple of weeks really until I think 
December 7th. Not in the UFC, anyway. So, I don't know what I'm going to be catching over the next couple of weeks because I'm going to be traveling. My next stop is Dunn, North Carolina. And then after that, I'll be in Virginia. And then I will be in New York. So, again, you guys can follow along on the Instagram story there if you want to see what I'm drinking along the way. I'm going to try and find some unique things. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh, while I was here in Brunswick, I went out to dinner at this place called Reed's Apothecary. <laughs> Reed's R E I D. And um, while I was there, I had a drink. I had a dark old fashioned, which was like an old fashioned. He made it with rum, and he made it with this rum called Bumboo. B U M B U. And it's a plantain based rum. Apparently. Like down in the Caribbean, that was uh, the original thing it was made from. It has kind of like a coconut uh, flavor to it and a little bit of a banana taste to it, obviously, from the, the plantain derivation there. But it was really good. He let me sample the rum uh, before he made me the drink, and then uh, he made the old-fashioned with like some cherry bitters, uh, put a black cherry in there, which is a nice touch. And uh, the food was awesome, too. Good southern food, good comfort food, chicken and biscuits, fried catfish, stuff like that. And uh, the reason I went there is because it was the only thing that was open in town. You guys know how it can be, or maybe you don't know, but in certain parts of the south, everything is closed on Sundays. You know, the whole town shuts down. Everybody's, like, home for dinner. But this place was open. Uh, they do, like, a... Sunday supper they call it where it's just you have like three options which I like fewer options the better and uh, the, the cocktails are really good too my wife had a mint julep they made a nice mint julep so only place in town that was open and it happened to be an awesome spot so I'm definitely going to pick up a bottle of this rum so again that's B-U-M-B-U <clears throat> Bumboo Rum it was really nice it, you could drink it straight much like this old forester here. Uh, so another shout out to Reed's Apothecary. If you guys ever pass through Brunswick, Georgia, which I don't know if there's really a reason to, unless you're just uh, <laughs> making your way up north like I am and you need a place to stop over. Um, I'd also recommend this Airbnb that I'm at too because it's a cool little spot. Uh, they got a nice fire pit outside, which I'm probably going to light up in a little bit. Uh, once the baby goes to sleep and, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, next UFC card is not till December 7th. My buddy, Billy Quarantello is fighting on that card. He's making his UFC debut. So he's fighting Jeff Fishgold. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk to Billy, uh, before that fight comes about. Uh, even though I'm going to be traveling, but, uh, I'd like to get him on for at least a couple of minutes and, and talk to him about his UFC debut. That's a big deal. And uh, that's an awesome card, too. Uh, so, But we got plenty of time to break that down. We got a couple of weeks with not much going on. So once I link up with the animal up in New York, maybe we'll do a live episode. Maybe we'll do a live tasting of some scotch or some bourbon or something. Deliver you guys some content. Know how angry you guys get if I miss a week of an episode or something like that. Um, but give me a break next week if I don't get around to it. My sister's getting married, for Christ's sake. All right. If you guys want to give Jeff a hard time for missing the episode, it's at Animal underscore Wilson on Twitter and on Instagram. And, of course, you guys know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the Rocks. 
Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can send me an email, mmailtherocks at gmail.com. Wherever you guys are listening, please do leave us a review. If you leave us a funny one, uh, tag me on social media. Let me know that you've left a review. And uh, if I think it's funny, I'll read it on the air, even if you're roasting us. Uh, you know, as long as you give us five stars, uh, you can make fun of us as long as you want. We have thick skin. Well, I can speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure Jeff has thick skin because he's my friend. And I don't have too many friends that don't have thick skin. All right, guys. That's all I got for you this week. Short episode. But, you know, it's free, so don't complain. Until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.